Hey everyone, it's Jake here. Thanks for joining in to the Wellspring Podcast. If you're ready to be encouraged, but also challenged to live a bold life for Jesus and get rid of the old useless traditions of man, well, you've come to the right place. So buckle up and let's dive into this week's message. Well, I um, got a few things that I want to share just over Thanksgiving as I would just, this, this sermon came together a little bit different than my normal way. I just had, we had a little time this week to just relax. And, and, uh, and so I kind of just, God began to just kind of show me a few little things and I compiled what he showed me to encourage us. Could I, could I do that today? Y'all like my hat today? I know my wife's probably getting tired of me talking about my hat, but I'm really it's got an American flag and the flag of Israel in one. And so it's a reminder that we're praying for our own country. Amen. And we know we need to keep praying for our own country. Uh, but we are also for America, for Israel. And so also pray for the peace in Jerusalem. Continue to pray for them. Um, it, is, it is a blessing to those that do that. And so let's just keep them in our prayers. And, um, but we're also, we've got, we've got a, a war we're fighting here. Amen. We we have, we're fighting, we're fighting a, a spiritual battle. The enemy is trying to come. He's trying to stop the word of God. He's trying to stop the gospel. So I'm not like trying to over spiritualize it, but we know that from the beginning of time, Satan has come to get people to doubt God's word, not hear his word, not hear the word of the gospel. Amen. And so we're going to, who's with me, you're going to continue sharing the love of Christ in the gospel with whoever you can. And so that's what we're going to keep doing here. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, so if you write a uh, title of this, I just, I'm going to call it Get Ready. Right. Just get ready. Who's ready? Now, this is not going to be an all-encompassing thing, but this is going to get us going in what I believe is a great direction uh, today. So get ready. Ready? Ready for what? Um, ready for anything. Ready for anything. Are you ready for another pandemic? Are you ready for some kind of lots of fear things going around, economic collapse, World War Three? Are you ready for the bad times? Any bad times that might come? Trials, tribulations? Are you ready? I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't ask you that. Are you ready? Are you ready for the good days? Remember the Old Testament scripture? He said, beware, you know, when everything's going good, that you might not forget about the Lord your God. Watch out when things are going bad that you don't turn and blame God. And so there's a place right in the middle. Where it says, God, no matter what, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm going to be ready. And as we put our eyes on him, he'll begin to lead us and show us what we need to do to get ready. Amen. You guys are amen and real good today. Our lamps full of oil. We shared about that a lot this year. Are you ready for the dark night? When the groom may come in a time that we're not aware, is our lamp full of oil? Some were caught unprepared. Are we ready for Jesus' second coming? I don't, I'll be honest with you. 
you know, if you've studied on, you may be a, a pre-trib rapture, you may be a post-millennial, pre-millennial. I don't know where you fall on that, but we can, all of them have agreed that we need to be ready for his return. Whether we die or he comes back, that we would stand at a place that, Lord, I'm ready for you. I'm ready to stand before you. Amen. Are we living for Christ? Because if we're not living for him, guess what? You're not ready. You're really not ready for anything. Because you're building your house on a sandy foundation. It's on sand. So how can you be ready when your house is on sand? Your house is not ready for anything. We build our house by hearing the word and doing the word. Let's not forget that. We hammered that now a lot this year. This hear the word and do the word. That's how you, that's how you build the strong foundation. That's how we get ready. Living for Christ, listening to his word and doing it. I've heard it said before, a uh, friend pastor years ago said this term that steady precedes ready. Y'all remember that? You know, it's hunting season, right? Tyler was talking about hunting, you know. There's one thing that whenever, whenever you're trying to hit a target, you've got to get steady. You know, you've got to steady yourself. So steadying, and I was reminded of the scripture about being steadfast. That's a, in a way that's being steady. James 1.12 says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Steady, being steadfast under trial. The wind's blowing. You, if you want to hit it, you've got to steady against the wind. You've got to steady yourself so you can hit that target. I don't know what that target is for you, right? It's easy for me to use shooting analogy because we've been shooting. It's deer season. You know, we're kind of using that. But there may be some targets you want to hit in your life, you know. There's some things that you want to accomplish, there's some things that God has shown you, and he's like, this is what I, I have for you in your future. This is a target. This is something you want to put your faith, your direction, your purpose towards. And if we're all over the place, then you're going to be missing the target. Being steadfast under trial. Let's read that again. One, James 1.12, blesses the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. How do we get ready? Today on my heart, there's four things. We're going to go through these real quick. Four things to do to stay ready. Number one, by loving Jesus. Amen. Just loving Jesus. Well, I like... I like doing research. I like doing, you know, listening to podcasts. I like doing all the different things, but all of it should be leading me to loving Jesus, to connecting with him. Now, I can go listen to a podcast about how to love my wife, how to romance my wife, and I can, I can, I can listen to it, 
I have different podcasts on like how to have a good marriage. I'll just go just as part of my thing. I just kind of because I'm be a student of my mate, you know, and just kind of listen. But if I stop with listening to that and I never come to Heidi, then what has that accomplished me? What has that done? See, we hear the word and yet sometimes fail to come to Jesus. In fact, wasn't there a conversation about that? That Jesus said, you're reading, you're searching the scriptures, you're doing this and you're saying them and you put them on their forehead, but you're failing to see it's speaking of me. It's leading to me. So we get to seek first his kingdom. Matthew 6, says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. There's a lot of needs in our life, but as we seek him, as we love him, as we spend time with him, in prayer, taking a walk, reading a, a, word, a scripture out of the word, and saying, Lord, how can this help me? Have a deep revelation of who you are. Amen? Loving Jesus. How do we love Jesus? John fourteen fifteen says, if you love me, obey my commandments. We can never separate obedience from love a lot of people oh god's loving he don't really care this lifestyle that lifestyle oh it's just all about love it's also about obeying his commands if you love him you obey his commands amen jesus then if you go on after that after verse 15 he goes on talking about he'll send forth the holy spirit to be with us to help us in what we need so there's like this love, obedience, and then the help that we need. And that takes me back to what I teach is that as we let our love bring him to him, bring us to him, and then we hear his word and we seek to obey it, it I see it like I'm taking the step to obey. Like I, I, I still, I got a lot to, to do. But as I take that step towards obedience, he meets that step with the Holy Spirit. And then he leads me into all truth that I can, oh, okay, I want to obey. I take that next step because I love him. I'm going towards him. I fall short. I mess up. But I'm taking that next step towards him in obedience. And then he meets us with the Holy Spirit once again. And so it's not all a work of our own flesh or else the Pharisees would have got it down. Just every T cross, every dot, every, it's not just the work of the flesh, but there is a direction of movement of falling in love with him, obeying and moving forward. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. We sometimes reduce loving Jesus to merely singing loudly, praying a long prayer, but not so much giving cold water to a child. Or being kind to somebody. That's a way that we can love Jesus. How do I know that? If you do this to them, you're doing it to me. Sometimes that our picture of Jesus, though, is like this awesome physique carpenter man with long, pretty hair. Right? A lot of the depictions we see, 
But sometimes Jesus may look like a snotty-faced kid. You know what I mean? As we do it to the least, we're doing it as unto him. Amen? Number two, by repenting of sinful ways. How are we ready? How we get ready? Let's don't leave anything in the tent. Don't hide. Was it Anak? I, I got a lot of things that are popping that I didn't even plan on sharing. Was it tent of, was it, um, um, I forgot his name. It starts with an A. Anyways. Aiken. Was it Aiken? I think it was Aiken. But there was, he was hiding sin underneath his tent. You see, we've got to come uncover and repent. How do we do that? We come and say, Lord, repent. See, repentance looks, it's like the prodigal. Without repentance, the prodigal would just stay in the hog pen. Remember the prodigal? He, he came and he wanted his inheritance. Just, I'm ready to, I, I've been here. I'm ready to have, so give me my, the money. And father let him go, right? So he went and he got to such a low place that even the food that the hogs were eating looked good to him. And he's like, he had this moment. What did he say? Even the servants eat better than this. And what did he do? He turned and he walked away from that. And he came back to the father's house, which the father was waiting. You know, I need to probably need to teach you this whole story. It's so good. But repent, to repent, to turn and run to the father's house. Running to him with open arms. He receives us back into himself. But you can't stay in the hog pen and in the father's house. You know what I mean? It's like we can't have both. And so the way we are ready, ready for eternity, is that we're making sure that no sin grips us. Are we talking about perfection here? No, we're not gonna we're not gonna reach perfection on this side. But we strive towards Christ. We press towards him. We press towards the goal for the mark for Jesus. And Paul said it. He said, wretched man that I am. He messed up all the time. I do the thing I don't want to do. And I don't do what I want to do. And we have this battle. And that's what really makes the grace of God shine to us. Because we get a revelation of how his goodness is. And so when we repent, we turn and saying, Lord, come clean my house. You know, clean, help clean this up. And he's so good and he's so loving. But we want to make sure that we don't um, allow things to come between us. Just repent and turn. Amen. So that he can come wash us clean. Number three, loving those around us. I wrote this down. Not winning, but serving. That's a might should have told this before Thanksgiving with your with relatives and stuff. You know, you get in conversations. It's like the old thing. You know, you get everybody together. Everybody's got their. You know, 
don't talk about this stuff. You know, anybody have hot topics, you know, that you didn't want to, some don't want to talk about and you skirt around it. And there's something that happens sometimes in our family or close friends is that we want to win over serve. It's like there's a need to just win. Who's ever experienced that? I mean, I'm, I'm competitive by nature. Am I the only one in the room? Like, you know what I mean? Like when you do something, like you want to win, you want to get your point across. You want to do that. You want to drive it in. This is a real practical thing for us today because I see a lot of people, including myself, get here. It's, it's, write this down if you're right, taking notes. Rest over right. Okay. I'm going to rest over right. Okay, let me read the scripture and then we'll go over it. Proverbs 29 9 says, When a wise person has a controversy with a foolish person, the foolish person either rages or laughs, but there is no rest. See, sometimes when we make it a battle, when we make it about winning in an argument with your, you know, with anybody, even start small, when you when it turns to where it's just begins about winning instead of serving, then we, we get, we may get right. We may be right, but we're not really at rest. It's, it's turmoil. And so I heard it said before that, um, don't, don't argue. Well, there's a lot of people, a lot in our culture that are, they try to get us into debates about the word, debates about lifestyle. And sometimes I just, you just can't, you can't debate with stupid sometimes. You just can't argue with, you know, it's, it's like, I remember one time I was, uh, when I was about 14 years old, I, uh, got a job working with our youth pastor, hanging wallpaper. And we hung, we hung wall, helped him hang wallpaper in houses all over Texarkana. Some of the big, nice houses. There was, it was the time where everybody was wallpapering everything. And he came in there one time, and this, uh, the painter was there. He was painting. We were hanging wallpaper. And this, this painter, he was... Uh, Mainline denomination, kind of like, um, I don't want to say anti-Holy Spirit, but he was kind of looking for a fight with my pastor because we were Holy Spirit-filled, you know, people. And he's, he was arguing with Pastor Daryl about, well, you know, the gifts aren't for today. And just, you know, kind of just him haunting around. And Pastor Daryl would just smile and, and just kind of keep on working. And I was like, Pastor Daryl's fixing to get this guy. Because the last several weeks in youth group, he's been teaching about Holy Spirit. He's been teaching this, and so I'm, I'm kind of like ready to see this fight, like you know. Because Pastor Daryl, he was the kind that would invite, he would invite, uh, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses to come by. He'd like invite them in, and he, he was just really sharp, really sharp in the Word. And I kept getting ready for this amazing debate. Daryl just kept smiling and, you know, just loving him, just not letting him draw him into a fight. And I was really disappointed. Oh, man, that was going to be, that was going to be so good. You were just going to tear him up. 
and I said, after on the way home, I said, Pastor Darrell, why, you know, why didn't you strain that guy out, get him right? He said, Jake, let me teach you something. He said, sometimes when people have their heart, their head, they're kind of hard-headed, they're stubborn on this one thing, no amount of debate, no amount of arguing is going to get through to them. The only hope that we have to reach them is through the love of Christ. And he said, there may be, I see that guy all the time. So I know this is not my only time. He said, so there may be opportunities in the future while I get to, I get to keep that door open of conversation. And he taught me that lesson today about it's, it's that love. And he said, so I'm, he was basically, the heart of it was that he's, he's trying to just love him, rest, relax a little bit, and look for a window of opportunity to be a light in his life. I was like, wow, what an amazing thing. What a powerful lesson it was for me. I'm so glad that he taught me that lesson because years have gone by, and I've run into people that want to argue and if you just keep the door, keep the door open, now's not the time to try to be right. Sit back and just rest in the meantime. And uh, I remember when I was working uh, as a mechanic, there was guys that would try to trip me up over my faith. I'd carry my Bible every day to work, and they'd always make fun of me and, and try to, you know, bring up stupid things. Well, your Bible says this, and I just, you know, but one thing I noticed, and I wasn't even married at the time, I just was just trying to let God's love shine through me best I could. I was not good at it. But I remember one of them started having marriage problems of all things. I wasn't even married. Ended up coming to me and saying, man, what do you, what do you think? Man, this happened in my marriage. I, would, I didn't have any experience in that. But there was something about the window, keep, the window of love keeping things open. I wasn't just trying to be right, I was trying to reach the heart, and then I was able to use principles of the word to shine our light. Amen? So if we're going to be ready, then we also have to say, I want to be ready to be God's hands and feet in the meantime. See, I can't just make being ready just about myself, or else I'd just be a doomsday prepper with a bunker, and no one would ever see me. You know what I'm talking about? But me being ready is not just me. It's to obey what God has shown me. And then I, we are to be light. We are to be salt and light. You know? And then do what we need to do in our life. But to be ready means also to love those around us. It's actually incredibly helpful to your stress and anxiety to just be okay with not responding to, stup to stupidity. Right? It just, it's like, all right. Okay. You know, and then just go on and show love like we've been talking about. And this kind of goes in. This is kind of like four point or like a three with a three, three A and B. Number four is living at peace with people when possible. It's just kind of a continuance, serving over winning. Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. 
Amen. When it comes to you, as far as it's possible on you, that doesn't mean there will be times when other measures need to be taken. But we are, our goal is to live at peace with people and keep those channels open to minister the love of Christ through us. That is our goal, to lead people. See, Jesus, when he went to the wellspring, he wasn't getting real hung up on the tradition of the Samaritan woman, and he wasn't supposed to talk to her. You know what I mean? He was at first come up because he's going to minister the wellspring of life to her and change her life forever. Almost done. So just a couple of things. Loving Jesus, what does this mean? Back to point number one. Loving Jesus means time in prayer to him, worshiping him, and obeying his word. There is nothing greater preparation or being ready than that. That's the primary, most important thing you can do to be prepared for World War III. Like whatever's the most extreme thing you can come up with, one of the most important things, loving Jesus, spending time in prayer and communication with him, worshiping him and obeying his word. And when we come to Jesus, see, I want to make sure we, we, we don't make the term just coming to Jesus another religion. You know what I mean? Like now we're just on, we're in the, the Jesus by name religion. Because many confess Jesus, they did powerful works, but he said, I don't, I never knew you. So that means there is a, a, a fake gospel that we can, Jesus, I did this in your name, and Jesus, I did this. And he says, but I don't know you. And so we want to make sure that we're not, again, hearing the words about Jesus, but fail to come to him. Does that make sense? It's not in words alone. That's what I mean by that. It means actually coming to him by faith communicating with him and then when we come to his word he'll begin to show us how to act out the word repenting means turning from things that draw us away from God's will see number one Jesus He's calling us to commune with him. If we don't get the number two thing right, we'll continue to walk in our wicked ways, sinful ways. And he's calling us to repent of that. And so we can come back to the number one, which he is number one. Repenting means turning from things that draw us away from God's will and way. He has a will and a way. For believers and coming back to the Father's house in fellowship with him and with those of the household. You know, that whenever the prodigal came home, he got to fellowship with the Father, but there was also other family there. One of them was the brother, you know, had a little issue, and that's kind of for another sermon. But it's called back to the Father and the household of the 
father, household of the faith. Amen? And loving Jesus is also loving others. There's not a big separation. Serving those around us, following the example of Christ, he washed the disciples' feet. You ever thought about that? I mean, just back up for a minute. Sometimes we read over these verses, but we see Jesus, God's only son, gave up the divine privileges of heaven. He came down and he knelt down and began to wash the feet of those God created. He was the ultimate example of teaching us how to serve others. Never too good to serve. We talked about a couple weeks ago. Didn't Dante do a good job last week? I went and listened to it. I'm thankful for him. I mean, he just he did so good. That's what it's about. We can't move past Jesus. But the week before, we talked about what ministry means. And it, you break it down in all different ways. And look at all the Hebrew and Greek. It just means to serve. You feel called to ministry, then you're called to serve. And to be Christian means to be a servant or follower of Christ. So really, in essence, when you say Christian ministry, you're like saying a a serving servant. (laughs) Because they have serving intertwined to both of those words. And living at peace when possible means I'm not looking to cause unnecessary confrontation leading to strife but not forsaking God or bowing to the Nebuchadnezzars of the day either. See, we're going to live by peace when possible, but that will never mean bow to this image. Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, remember Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego? We, We remember that story. They wouldn't bow, and then they were thrown into the furnace, and then there's this fourth man that even Nebuchadnezzar said, Oh, the image is the Son of God. Isn't it amazing now? Well, I'm not going to go there. Let's not. Let's, let's skip that. We want to live at peace. We want to continue sharing the gospel. But that doesn't mean there won't be some battles to fight. Some stands to make. That we stand for him. We stand. We will not bow. There's some non-negotiables that we will not bow. We're not going to start changing what the word says about this or that. We know what, what, how he made us. We know that God has a purpose and a plan for us. And that God is the one that, that inspired the Holy Spirit, inspired this word. Our faith is in his word. Our faith is in what he spoke. It's in Jesus. Amen. And so that is how we stay ready. Lamps filled with oil. Time communicating with him. You know, have you ever had a big problem in your life and you're like, you don't know what to do and you call somebody? Who you call? Did anybody do that? Who you call? <clears throat> I, I call several people around here, so y'all know. Y'all know I'm the guy that does that. Like, having a problem with the boat, I call Drew. Hey, Drew. What you know about this? You know? 
Oh, hey, hey, you know, I, I call my dad all the time. Man, my, my vehicle's making a clacking sound. What, hey, what do you think? You know, you, you call. You call those that have a greater wisdom than you do, that knows better. What I'm talking about being ready today is that we have a, a habit that is just second nature that on when each thing comes up, we're just, we're calling in, Lord, what do you, what, what do I do here? And a person that lives in that kind of habit, you'll never meet a more ready person. You'll never meet a more ready person because they're constantly coming to him. And they're ready. And Paul said, to die is gain. To live is Christ. He's like, I got a few things wrong and I'm, I'm, I'm about to die, but there's still gain. How do you get more ready than that? Come on now. How, do you, how does one get more ready than I messed up so bad in the wrong place, wrong time, like I'm dead. But that's gain. Because my life belongs to him. No matter what situation, no matter what trial happens, I belong to him. And I'm ready. Now, the reason we're going to keep meeting every Sunday is because we can learn in different circumstances, in different ways, how this word will apply to certain situations because don't we need help with that sometimes I remember for years I would I would leave some of the best sermons I mean that you could really amen and I'd walk out of the building and for the life of me I couldn't actually figure out what I'm supposed to do with that anybody with me like that sounds good I mean it amens up one side or the other but how do I apply that today? And that's where Ephesians talks about those that equip the ministry, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The Holy Spirit bringing life and direction. Pastors with people in our life that will help direct us. Amen. That will help us stay ready no matter what happens in, in life, the low valleys, the high, you know, mountaintops, whatever it may bring, that I'll live ready. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Across the room, let's just take a moment. Just close your eyes for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Lord, reminded of the song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy. Lord, prepare us to be a sanctuary, Lord, that you come and dwell in us, that you've made our bodies a temple. So, Lord, reveal yourself to us. Reveal Lord, the, the things we need to do to, to change, to repent of. Thank you, Jesus, that
you give us your word. Lord, how do we know if we're deceived? Sometimes it's, we need somebody else to show us, to, to tell us. And so, Jesus, we humbly come and say, Jesus, reveal unto us. Reveal to us, Lord, the areas of our life that need correction, that need a revelation of, of maybe some things that we're deceiving, that we're deceived in. Jesus, we come before you and say, Lord, prepare us to be your temple. Prepare us to be your sanctuary, that you would come in, fill us, dwell in us, use us for your work. It's not of our own pleasure of our own will and way but Lord that we would belong to you purify us create in us a clean heart again God help us Lord to be prepared to be ready to be people that that when 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 there's something that needs to be done that we will be the people that you ask because we are ready To love somebody in the checkout line, to love that person at work, to disciple our kids, to love our spouse, whatever it may be, Lord, let us be ready to hear your voice and act on it, to hear your word and act on it. Thank you, Lord. I pray that everyone in this room know Jesus is their Lord, your Savior. But today I want to put another just add a little bit more that, that everyone in here would learn to trust you even in the small things. Thank you, Lord, that you're getting us ready. I believe there's a last day's harvest that you want us to be a part of. Let us be ready. Let us not get discouraged in this small church on the side of 59 in Texarkana, USA. Let us not get discouraged. Let us plug in Plug into your purpose, Lord, as we seek your kingdom above all else. Jesus, we love you and we honor you today. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone says amen. amen.